Welcome back to Cause Talk Radio by Rashpixel.fm, the podcast that shows do-gooders, nonprofits, and businesses how to build win-win partnerships that raise money and change the world. This podcast is brought to you by the Cause Marketing Forum and Selfish Giving. You can find full show notes and additional resources for today's episode at CauseUpdate.com and SelfishGiving.com. Now on to today's episode. Hey everyone, this is Joe Waters, and I want to welcome you back to another exciting episode of Cause Talk Radio. And on the line with me now, I cannot believe that she came all the way back from Africa to be <laughs> here today, Miss Megan Strand. Hi, Joe. This is going to turn into a geography show where we educate you about my world travels and the Pacific Northwest which is where our guest is from today. It's very exciting. Wow, that's awesome. What, welcome back anyways. I know you had a big Thank vacation you. and stuff like that. And you did a lot of good while you were away too. So I, I really commend you on that. So that's awesome. Whereas I would have gone to a resort or a spa or something like that. <laughs> you actually did something good. So. so that's why we have you on the show because you're the good part. I try. Yep, absolutely. Yes, and we do have a, a great guest today. And she's located in the Pacific Northwest of all places. So that's unbelievable. So on the line with me right now, and I am going to butcher her first name, but I'm going to try my best, is Jean Vive Martin. <laughs> Jean Vive. Did I get it right? Jean Vive Martin, Executive Director of Dave's Killer Bread Foundation. Hello. Jean, how's it going? <laughs> Good. How are you? <laughs> that's what it's going to be now. I'm so sorry for butchering your name. I mean, I, I'm, I'm usually better than this. You're doing just fine. You'll do that just fine. Mm-hmm. Hey, but we're really happy to have her on the line today because I hadn't heard of Dave's Killer Bread before, although I heard it from <gasps> Megan's family that that's all they live on yeah, is, much. is Dave's Killer Bread. And I was hoping you could start today and tell us a little bit about the brand itself, how it got started, how long it's been around. And it isn't, you're located in the Pacific Northwest, but did it get its start in Milwaukee? Is that what I saw? Milwaukee, Oregon. Oh. <laughs> yes. So just outside of Portland, Oregon is where we got started. Uh, so the brand is 10 years old, just mm-hmm. this last month, actually. It was started by uh, two brothers and one of their sons in um, Milwaukee, Oregon. And it started from the founding family of Nature Bake, which uh, specialized in sprouted breads kind of before that was a thing mm-hmm. back in 1955. And so Glenn Dahl, who owned the, the family bakery, received his brother Dave back into the bakery after he had spent 15 years in and out of prison and offered him one of many second chances. And then from there, he said he wanted Dave to create something new, a slightly more hip, trendy product that more folks would get on board with. And thus, Dave's Killer Bread was born. I can't believe that it was Milwaukee, Oregon. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. You know how you just look at something? Like, you know, I go to the, the Wikipedia spelling page. spelling is slightly I, different. I think it's like one letter off. Oh, that's yep. right. Holy Moses. See, if you would ever come out to Portland, Joe, you would know that we have all sorts of weird street names and river names and things like that. You have that's to right. learn to pronounce. But. That's right. You know why? Because you're the end of the earth. 
<laughs> sort of in a good way. That's right. So, way. so you have, so, I mean, that's the story of this brand though, in terms of uh, Dave's involvement and Dave getting out of uh, uh, jail or prison and, and coming to work for the con- a company and being accepted into it. And during that time, you have just accepted a lot of people with criminal records. We have. So about 30% of our workforce, which is about 310 employee partners at this point, have a criminal record, mm-hmm. and, a criminal background, yeah. And how, uh, and, and in terms of, uh, so that's a good size of the, the employee population there and stuff like that. Like, what's that process been like in terms of bringing those people on board? Have you had like a 100% success rate or is, does it vary? The rather wonderful thing about this process actually is it's no different as far as retention rate and performance from hiring any person off the street, quite frankly, with or without a background. So uh, these individuals perform just as well, if not sometimes better than their counterparts. They are more dedicated, more motivated and loyal to a position because they know they have fewer opportunities Mm -hmm. and options than others. And so they're really, they work really, really hard to prove themselves to the company, to their community, their families, and probably most importantly to themselves. Mm. And and the way that we found out about all of this is because Dave's Killer Bread has recently launched a new foundation to kind of talk about this issue and spread the wealth a little bit. So can you talk a little bit about the genesis of the foundation, why you felt that was important and what you're what you're looking to achieve with the foundation? Sure. Yeah. So we've been doing this for a little over 10 years now. We've been hiring folks with backgrounds. We've been very vocal about it, saying it's something we're very proud to do. We've seen great success in doing it. We've also learned a lot of lessons along the way. Mm. And about two years ago, we decided we knew the employment side of the field, but we didn't know what the individuals experienced while they were incarcerated and when they reentered the community and then eventually the workforce. We had no idea what that landscape looked like for them. So we decided to do a little bit of a deep dive and get a grasp on what that looks like because we thought there was an opportunity for us to do a little bit more than just employ people. Mm-hmm. And what we learned is that, you know, government agencies are doing everything they can within the broken system they've been given. Uh, nonprofits are doing everything ca- they can with the limited resources that they have. And the piece that really wasn't stepping up and, and filling that part of the puzzle were employers willing to hire and employ and accept this part of the population that so desperately needs employment so that they can remain a contributing member of our communities. What what was the biggest or what has been or what is the biggest sticking point for employers looking to hire people that have criminal backgrounds? So what they stumble with the most? Yeah. Uh, I would say fear is the number mm. one piece that holds them back. Fear of the unknown can be incredibly paralyzing. And that's Mm -hmm. where we saw an opportunity as the people that have been doing this for so long that we could help break down those barriers, maybe break down a little bit of the stigma that seems to exist around hiring someone with a background. Because we hear, you know, people think of somebody with a criminal background, they've been in prison, they jump to what they see in headlines, in TV shows, and in movies, which are very sensational. But it's Mm -hmm. not actually the reality of the space. Mm -hmm. And so being able to break that down for them and show them that this is very possible, that they're individuals just like anyone else that they would hire, uh, was really important to us. 
Hmm. So how do you, uh, you know, it's interesting. I mean, you folks are, are growing and what's interesting about this too is you've re- made this a really big part of your brand as we see a lot of companies doing these days. How do your customers feel about it? They love it. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, that's another one that actually we hear from businesses. I'm not sure what my client base or my consumer base would say about us doing that. And we've actually launched a pledge that you can find on our website uh, that says it's for the consumers to say, I stand behind second chance employment and mm-hmm. that they're supportive of it. And if you go onto our Facebook page and you look at our what we call our Breadhead Nation, which are our Facebook fans, they are overwhelmingly in support of the fact that we as a brand do this and provide second chances and that we shout it from the rooftops. So that's been nothing but a successful point for us. It's so smart that you call it second chances because I can yeah. see just that communication piece really getting complicated and tricky. But I mean, who doesn't believe in a second chance? Right. No, I think that I think that's uh, that's something that's that's so important in terms of how this is articulated. And you know, it's interesting because um, it was about a year ago I was presenting to a group, and someone stood up and they actually asked me this question that they worked with incarcerated men and they wanted to know if it was possible to do cause marketing. And I was like, I was honest with them at the time. I was like, I think it would just be really hard to do something like that. But I think what's so powerful about it for Dave's is that it's. So so built into the brand. It's so part of what you do and it feels so authentic and you're so positive about it that it, you know, it's something that people can feel good about. And that's something that's really important. Absolutely. You could say it's baked into what we do. Baked in. Ooh. I like that. <laughs> good one. How, how is the foundation funded? So that is right now funded by the company, Dave's Killer Bread, as well as a couple private individuals that feel very strongly about this work, making it across the country. And then tell us specifically what the, what the focus will be moving forward. I know you're, you've hosted a summit. Um, is it all about education and awareness or um, what are the, what are the, what's the mission of the foundation? Sure. So the mission is to explain, expand employment opportunities for people with criminal backgrounds, and we'll do that in a couple of ways. So right out of the shoot, you mentioned the Second Chance Summit. We started that event last year, and we have the, the second annual event coming up this October. That here looks in Portland, awesome, Oregon. too. That looks really awesome. It's aw- going to be awesome. Yeah, it looks Absolutely. awesome in terms of like the topics you like. You can tell this is something that's a deep dive for a company that is interested in this. Absolutely. So our goal is to get as many employers in that room as possible so we can break down those barriers we talked about, show them how it's possible, give them some tangible tools then so if they wanted to get started the next week, they could, and they'd feel maybe that empowerment to do so. Mm -hmm. Did that happen after the first summit? Like, Have you had success stories of other employers saying, you know, I'm thinking about it, I could see how it would fit, but I'm kind of hesitant about it? Have you seen employers that have turned the page and are, are now hiring people with criminal backgrounds? We've definitely seen some, some mindset shifts in folks that are open to it that maybe historically wouldn't have been. Um, I think we can owe a lot of that to the national conversation has really changed over criminal justice reform and what that looks like. So it's become that bipartisan conversation where people understand there's a lot that needs to be done and we all have to do it together. So that's really encouraging. 
because we're so new, we just launched the foundation last month. We haven't had enough time to really like dig in and really convert that many people. But we've had a lot of organizations that have come forward and said, you know, we want to do this in a meaningful, thoughtful way. And so we're really looking at this year's summit as being kind of that linchpin for us to move forward mm. and move the needle. Yeah, that, the, go ahead. I'm sorry. Sorry, I was going to say the other thing that we um, is under development and we'll hopefully be launching at least the first part of it at the summit is actually a how to guide. So it's more than just us talking about it and informing the organizations and literally how here's how to do it. So it's a, it would be an online module with videos, reference tools, and downloadable content um, where they can learn what best employment practices would look like for their organization with an emphasis on hiring folks with backgrounds. That would be – I mean, that's awesome. That I mean, the types of things – and I hope you'll share those with it because one of the things that I was saying to Megan too in terms of the uh, offline summit that you have and this how-to program that you're putting together, these are just mm -hmm. a great example of what we call purpose-driven content. And the whole idea is it's not about you. It's about the idea. It's about what you're trying to accomplish. And that's exactly what you, you folks are producing. But in turn, it gives Dave's Killer Bread – that comma points, you know, those comma points that are so valuable with consumers and with, you know, in terms of what businesses are looking for these days. Now, the question I have is, um, will you ever do like a lot of uh, businesses that we talk to, they have programs where a certain percentage of their product will like go back to their foundation or something like that. Let me give you an example. Firehouse Subs, uh, which was started by a pair of five fighters, uh, they have something, uh, they bring in these signature orange pickle barrels. And when they're emptied and cleaned and stuff like that, they sell them to people, which then people use them for whatever they want. And they're for like $10 or something like that, you know. And then that goes back to their foundation, which focuses on fire safety. Would you folks ever do something like that with your brand, whether it's maybe something on, in the packaging where it would be like, you know, for every loaf of bread that we sell during the month of September, five cents is going back to, uh, you know, the uh, Dave's Killer Bread Foundation to, uh, to promote second chances? I think it's very possible. That is a conversation we've had over the last year as we've been in development phases for sure is how do how do we do that? How do we add that so yeah. the consumer knows what's coming back? So we don't have anything finalized and in black and white. I can say on our next iteration of packaging that you should see in the next couple of months, there is actually a space on the packaging that talks about standing up for second chances and points you to the pledge and says a That's little awesome. bit about the work. So we're really excited, especially now that we're in all 50 states and across Canada, that more and more families and consumers are going to get to see our commitment to second chances right there on the package. I think I that's gonna, awesome. What do you think, I Megan? Gonna, I was just going to ask you about that because I read that you were updating the packaging. And of course, since I actually have consumed the product, <laughs> actually just did this morning, I was on the lookout for that. So I'm glad to, I'm glad to see you're doing that. And then in terms of communicating to customers, any other plans for kind of spreading this message a little bit more broadly? So we do have uh, some hopes and dreams and aspirations to help change the narrative. And, and that's in any way, conversation or particular channel that we possibly can. So we know that with our consumers, it's well received. We know that with our employee partners, it's really well received. Um, and, uh, and with the organizations that we partner with, like nonprofits and all that to do this work. But we do see a real opportunity to start changing the conversation when we have interviews and when quotes go up in print to talk about this particular space a little bit differently so that it loses some of that sensational feeling. So instead of saying things like 
ex-cons and mm. felons, being able to say things like providing opportunities and second chances for people who need them most. Mm-hmm. So that instead of branding an individual with a poor choice in their past, we're acknowledging an individual and where they can go. Mm-hmm. No, I think that, hey, uh, that's one of the reasons that I brought Megan on the show. You know, because I wanted to give her a second chance. You know, she she spent some time in prison. She was a bootlegger uh, and she was hooked on the wild turkey. And, um, you know, but she just turned it around. That's a nice joke. Way to go, Megan. You know, <laughs> thanks for sharing my personal story on here, Joe. Bootlegging, that. that must have been a long time ago. Yeah, well, you know, I kind of, I didn't want to give away her age, but oh, she's up there. <laughs> What would you, I, I know that somewhere that I saw an infographic that you had produced, what sorts of sort of myths or misconceptions or are you trying to share or raise awareness about? You were, you're talking about language and verbiage around um, second chances and, and changing that. And I think that's so powerful. What, what other things are you trying to convey to folks that they might not already know? I think something that's important for people to understand is that this affects everyone Mm -hmm. in the community and across the country at large. So even if an individual doesn't know somebody personally who has been incarcerated, chances are somebody they know's sibling or parent or aunt or uncle has experienced it. So one in four adult Americans has a criminal record of some kind. So whether that's an arrest, whether that's uh, a conviction or incarceration, it touches one in four of us. So that's a pretty big number. Um, In addition to that, uh, as taxpayers, we all add to that pile of, you know, Department of Corrections dollars. So here in Oregon, um, each taxpayer pays $264 per year for the correctional system. Hmm. That that adds up quickly. And so it's something that affects every single individual, whether it's, you know, monetarily or personal story. I think that's really important. Yeah, and I mean that's one of the things too is we have to look at this and say how do we solve this problem? You know, because you know just letting them, you know, uh, letting these people out of jail and and not providing some type of resources or jobs to them, that's not helping. No, not at all. And just the fact that they have a criminal record that may come up on a background check or on an application reduces their chance of getting a callback for an interview by fifty percent. Hmm. I bet. And so what we find is that employers just automatically use it as a filtering process, right? Mm-hmm. So it doesn't have to do about the individual. It's how do I make it so that I have fewer resumes to look at? Right. And so they've immediately excluded this really wonderful, powerful um, pipeline of, of potential employees. And then at Dave's, I, I, again, I think I saw this in a video on your site or, or I can't remember exactly where I saw it. But at Dave's, in addition to giving people jobs, you also have training programs that that sort of support and I think you have a mentorship program is that right like there's it's more than just here's a job correct yes we we pride ourselves on bringing in outside resources whenever possible Um, we do provide supervisor and leadership training we have created something we call a partner enrichment program which is kind of we create it as it's needed so we have a leadership series where internal leaders share um, about an hour of a topic that helped them get to where they are in life and that they share that with our employee partners. We also have a partner open house that's hosted by employee partners at, at any stage of the organization where they can talk about their history and their backstory, whether it's with or without a background where we get to know one another and have a sense of camaraderie. 
Uh, we partner with a lot of nonprofit organizations that both act as referrals for individuals as well as provide supportive services in the event that somebody, you know, their car breaks down and they need help getting it fixed or they're about to lose their current housing setup and they need to find something else. We do everything we can to help them get on their feet and stay on their feet in a really holistic way. Well, and you guys have done a great job of telling stories, too. I think that's the other thing we haven't really talked about. But, um, you know, really humanizing your employees. And we can include links to that in the show notes. But yeah, it's, there is. It's really some, they have some great, fascinating. Yeah, they have some great stories about people and stuff like that. You guys have really done an outstanding job. I mean, on behalf of Megan and I, you guys deserve an incredible accommodation for your work. Because a oh, lot of people you. wouldn't want to tackle stuff like this. You know, it's a difficult issue. And, uh, and it's complicated. And but you know you're really putting yourselves out there, and because you know what it is, you folks have experience with it, and you're saying you know not we've been able to do this now we can share this with you, but I, you know I can't wait to see some of the things that you folks come out with. Oh, thank you, absolutely. Well, Jean-Vivre, it has been absolute pleasure chatting with you today. If people want to learn more about Dave's Killer Bread or the Dave's Killer Bread Foundation, how might they do that online? So you can go to daveskillerbread.com to learn more about our brand and the best bread in the universe. (laughs) And to learn more about the foundation and all of our second chance efforts and work, you can go to dkbfoundation.org. And that's how you can get in contact with us and learn more about all the programs we're developing. Excellent. And we'll put those in the show notes. And Joe, how about you? Where can people find you online if they'd like to do so? Well, people can find me minute to minute on Twitter at Joe Waters. Um, and you can also find me uh, at Selfish Giving, my blog. And you can obviously check out my boards. I've stolen so many Pinterest pins from people. I should go to jail. And uh, <laughs> maybe that will be the crime I'll be rehabilitated for someday. But I have a ton of Pinterest pins there, like 3,500 or something like that. I'm surprised Megan doesn't steal more of my pins, especially in light of her background. But, um, but yeah, so th- those, are, those are three great places. What about you, Megan? Where can people find you? I'm also online beat that on, girl. on Twitter. No, I can't beat that. You know I can't. <laughs> at Megan Strand on Twitter, and I tweet for the Cause Marketing Forum at TweetCMF. And you can find show notes for Cause Talk Radio at CauseUpdate.com, as well as Joe's blog that he just mentioned, SelfishGiving.com. And, of course, you can find us on iTunes. So if you haven't yet subscribed to the podcast, make sure you do so and don't miss an episode. And while you're there, leave a review of today's show if you liked the content. We always want to hear from from our listeners. So on behalf of Jean-Vievre and Joe and myself, we'd like to thank you so much for joining us today for this episode of Cause Talk Radio, and we'll talk to you next time.